0: shackles hallelujah no more chains no more bondage we're free and who them son that set free is free indeed come on let's put our hands together again in the presence of the lord are you excited to be in god's house hallelujah no place you'd rather be but isn't to be in the house of almighty god to serve and worship the only true and living god who rose again from the grave and has all power in his hand. hand. We have power through Jesus Christ, saints of God, and we thank God for the freedom it is to serve him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We're here worshiping and magnifying the great God that we believe, and we know that he has continued to bless us and continue to to allow us to be a blessing. We are his hands and his feet, and we are his voice for this hour to a lost and dying world, and we know that God has called us for such a time as this. Those who've been watching, we thank you for your faithfulness. We really appreciate and love our online congregation. You put our hands together for our online congregation. They are awesome people across the United States and even various parts of the world. We thank you for your dedication, for watching us and supporting us, the christ Center church where Christ is our central focus. And those who are in need of prayer, we're touching you. And we're touching the green for those who have not yet came across or came in contact with our ministry. That God will bless them. And that we believe that God is going to add to his church such as to be saved. Can he shout amen in the house of God. Hallelujah. Let's pray unto the Lord today. If you have a need, you can just lift your hands, and we're going to touch and agree, because I believe God is going to speak through the, our pastor. He's going to speak, oh God, through the ministering servants of our praise team, and bless, look oh God, the house, oh God. And it's the scarlet that shall play unto the anointing that has given unto him in playing the trumpet. We believe that God is going to use our ministers today to do a great work today. Let's lift our hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks today we honor you for another Sunday, a day that we've never seen before, a day that we are excited because you said this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad. We thank you for what you have done so far, and we thank you for what you're about to do. We pray for the blessings of the Lord and touching and healing for our brothers and sisters near and far, and those who are present here, those who may not be well a hundred percent, But we believe after today that, God, you will revive, you will restore, and, Lord God, you are healing today. In the name of Jesus, we pray for your blessings upon our servants, those who should minister, Lord God. We pray for the spoken word today that be brought forth with power and with the authority of the spirit. We pray, Lord God, that souls will be added to the kingdom, and we pray that you will continue to bless this house, and we pray of praise, of praise and worship and an adoration that it be a sweet-smelling savor to you. Can we just lift our hands in the presence of the Lord? Let's beautify, Let's magnify the Lord with the offering of our lips unto the Lord, and we bless the name of the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.
1: Let your kingdom come. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. hallelujah Jesus. the so The Lord is, the Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me, defender behind me. His joy is refreshed, His joy is refreshing. It restores my soul. Restores my soul. Let's lift it up in His place Sing mercy and mercy and.
2: We can stand with this assurance, Lord God, that we're not alone this morning. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Let's just worship him this morning. It's truly worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Amen, amen. Praise God. Just point to your neighbors and say, good to see you this morning. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. The Lord, bless you all. Maybe seated if you can. Amen. We want to take this time to greet and welcome everyone to
3: us. And it's on us to keep going and serving the Lord because God wants to save your families. God wants to save those who you're connected to. I know sometimes we don't want to think about it, but God knows who to choose to influence what circle he needs influence. And sometimes you want to look at it to say, Lord, I'm just not this and I'm not that. But you got to realize that it's really not up to you when it comes down to the kingdom. When you use your abilities and talents to do other things, that's great. But when it comes down to the kingdom of God, it's really God working through you. And all God is asking us to be is faithful, committed, And obedient. That's all God is asking us to do, and that's not hard to do if we will just do it. Somebody say amen. Amen. But they said it doesn't take talent to be dependable. Did you know that? It doesn't take ability to be faithful. And so, what God is asking us to do does not require ability. So we don't ever have to say or get concerned about saying, well, I just can't, no such thing, because God didn't ask you to do something you could not do. He provides the talents. He gives you the ability. He just wants you to be faithful, obedient, and committed to the cause. Thanks again, Minister Guthrie, wonderful word from the Lord, and we thank God for you. Thank God for each and every one of you in the house of the Lord. Amen. If you will stand with me, we'll turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 22. Amen. Hallelujah. Live music ready to run the aisles. Amen. We're planning, we're planning, we're planning. It's okay to plan. Tell your neighbor it's okay to plan. You got to count the costs. That's what the Bible says. got to count the costs. And so it's it's all right to plan, it's all right to um, prepare yourself for what God is getting ready to do through you and where God has taken us. Acts chapter 22, the Bible says in verse 14, and he said, the God of our fathers had chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one, the just one, see that capital O, pay attention, see that the just one and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now why tarriest thou Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Jesus, what a beautiful spirit is in the room. You have touched us in only the way that you can this morning. And we look to you now, Lord Jesus, for guidance, for direction, and for your touch as well in this service. For those that are present here in the house, for those who have joined us online, our online congregation, will you touch them just as the same as you touch us here today? For we are one body, we are one people, and we call upon your name together today to say, have your way, Lord Jesus. We want your will to be done, O God. Place me in the flow of your spirit that I minister by the spirit of god and by the word of god oh god help your people to hear to receive and to respond in faith and obedience to the word of god lord it is not your will that we leave the same way we came in but it is your will that we have an experience have an encounter receive the word of the lord and let it move us to where you're taking us, Lord God. I pray that you'll break every invisible chains and that you will set every captive free and that every mind will be clear and ready and receptive to your instructions, Lord God. We love you, Jesus. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Thanks again, musicians, praise singers. Everyone that are here this morning, amen, we're working our way toward what the Lord would have us to do, and I appreciate every one of you, every one of you, everything that you do in the kingdom is significant. I want to talk to you this morning on this topic, nothing is random in Christ, nothing is random in Christ. We read a text of the conversion of the Apostle Paul. What we read was relating to him, his conversion, some of what transpired in his conversion. Paul's conversion is mentioned five times in Scripture. The first time his conversion is mentioned is in the book of Acts chapter nine, which was his actual conversion when he was on his way to Damascus to arrest Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem to persecute them. That was the first time his conversion was mentioned because it was actually when it transpired. The second time his conversion is mentioned is here in Acts 22 that we just read and we might call that version of it Paul's Hebrew account of his conversion. Hmm. The third time it is mentioned is in Acts chapter 26. We we might call that mentioning of it the Gentiles account of his conversion when he stood before Festus and the Roman governor and King Agrippa. The other time it was mentioned was in Philippians chapter 3, uh, we have the whole wonderful story told again where Paul describes his faith, his hope, and in what he trusted in before he knew Christ. Finally, in 1 Timothy, we, we, we see Paul wrote once more that he had been a blasphemer, a persecutor of the church in his ignorance and unbelief. Then he told how God... In his infinite mercy, reached out to him and saved his guilty soul and made him a messenger to those still in their sins. Five times we can read through scripture and we will see the mentioning of the apostles, the apostle Paul's conversion. I believe Paul's conversion is mentioned as many times in scripture as it is because it is probably the most relatable conversion that we will read of in Scripture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The the, the process of his conversion, we can all identify with in some way if we have truly been converted. (laughs) If you're truly converted, you will be able to relate to the Apostle Paul's conversion. See, a lot of us didn't have the conversion like my man Cornelius had. See, Cornelius had a different kind of conversion. Cornelius was a good man. He was doing his best to live for God. And as he was praying, guess what? He had a vision. And while he had his vision, Paul, uh, Peter had a vision as well. And God brought them together. All of us won't get a vision of your salvation of what God wants to do, but all of us will have to hear from God to be saved. And so Paul, Paul's conversion make a lot of sense to a lot of us. Paul, like all of us, was living in sin according to his own desires and according to what he thought was right. Does that sound familiar? So many of us are living according to our own desires. Church, I got to stop there and just say this to you. Don't make living for your own desires a hill. Because that's really, in essence, what Christianity really is. So when you try to make your circumstance out to be so much greater than everyone else, you're deceiving yourself. Because all of us can live according to our desires, but some of us have choose Christ over our desires. And that's the difference between living for God and living for self is you must choose whether you are going to live for self or you're going to live for God. That's the difference. We want it to be another difference, but the difference is do I choose to live for Jesus Christ, to follow his instructions, or will I live according to my wants, my desire, how I feel? It's up to us. But if you live that way, you're living for you and not for Christ. Just because you think what you're doing is right don't mean it's right. As humans, we love this communication. This is just how I feel. Now, I can't fight you on how you feel, but just because you feel it don't mean it's right. I'm not going to try to debate you about what you feel But understand that what you feel may not be right. All of us have feelings that ain't right. (laughs) When we choose to live for God, we're choosing to follow him and not do our own thing and not follow our own desires. Mm -hmm. But I thank God that even when we were living according to our own desires, even when we were doing the things that we thought was right in our own sight, that God didn't leave us in our sin to perish. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Because God could have left us in our sins to perish while we were ignorantly saying, well, I just feel this way. Well, I'm just going to do what I got to do. I thank God that he didn't leave us there, that he tapped us on the shoulder and said, sister, you don't need to keep going in that way. Brother, you don't need to keep thinking like that because that kind of thinking will not get you where you need to go. I thank God that he didn't leave us where we were in how we were living, in how we were thinking. He never left us there to say, well, do your own thing. He did not do that to that to us. In Romans chapter 5, in verse 6, it says, For when we were yet without strength, (laughs) in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I love that. I love that. I love that. Church, we better love the ungodly. <laughs> we better love the godless people. We better love those that are, are, are living the life of ungodliness because the Bible says uh, when we were without strength, Christ died For the ungodly. And if we're going to be the true church of the living God. Be the body of Christ. We can't turn our noses up against the ungodly. We cannot ignore the ungodly. We cannot not love the ungodly. Because Christ he died for the ungodly. Which we were at one point. How easy did some of us forget we were once in that position. We've been living for God for 10 years and 15 years and 20 years. And we think now that we're better than sinners when we were once sinners. It's only by the goodness and the grace of God that we're here today to be able to say thank God. He didn't leave me in my sins, but he delivered me. He rescued me and he saved me. We ought to thank God for it, but we ought to say, God, I want to help somebody who was once in my predicament, who was once living like me. I want to help somebody else to overcome their situation. Nothing is random in God, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some will even dare to die. But God commanded his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We are unable to be or or should I say we are able to be saved today because the almighty God took the initiative and demonstrated his incredible grace toward us and his love toward us to becoming the man Jesus Christ and taking our place instead of letting us die in our sins. And he shed his blood that we could be saved today. It was the goodness of God while we're saved. It's the grace of God while we're saved. It's the love of God why we can be saved. Mm -hmm. God reached out to us when we were ignorant, when we were powerless, when we didn't have any thought of what could we actually do to save ourselves. God reached out to us. Listen to me, church. Whenever we feel uncertain whenever i'm talking about now as a christian sometimes doubt will creep in as a christian sometimes you'll wonder is god still working in my life sometimes you'll begin to think am i really really a child of god is god hearing my prayers is god wanting to work in my life or did god neglect me or did god forget about me or am i doing wrong so god has given up on me i know there's times that those thoughts will creep in but i'm here to tell you think about it from this standpoint if god left you while you were living in sin, while you were serving sin, while you were enjoying sin, if God loved you then and died for you then, how much now more when you're living for him and returning the love back to him, will he show his goodness towards you? Don't you ever forget that God loves you because he showed love towards you even when you were rebellious, even when you didn't love him back, even when you didn't treat him right, he still died for you and he still showed you love. So no matter how much is going bad right now, no matter how much people, uh, Feel like, my God, what's the sense of coming to church? No matter how much you're frustrated about situations and relationships, no matter how much life is weighing you down, I'm here to tell you that God loves you and God died for you and God has a plan for you. You just have to know that even when you can't tell it, even when you can't feel it, you just have to know it. God loves you. He died for you while you were in your sin. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we serve. While Paul was going on with his antics, Living in sin, rebelling against the Lord, persecuting God's people, and being unloving. While he was doing all of that stuff, the Lord loved him anyhow, and the Lord had already chosen him. We're going a step further now. Not only that he loves you, but he chose you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Let me put myself in this kind of predicament. Can you imagine when I was just a mess, a wretch, undone, living my life that's just all about me in sin, in the darkness of darkness, and just living ungodly? Can you imagine if somebody would have just said, But God chose you, bro? They would have been like, What are you talking about? All of that, way deep down in sin. But guess what? God had chosen me. Even in that situation. And it wasn't about where I was at the time. It was about what God had already done. It's not where you are today, church. It's what God has already done. And I'm here to tell you, God has already done a work for you. God has chosen you. And you don't have to worry about where you're going. Just trust God and says he's already chosen me. He's already chosen you. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. The Lord Jesus loves every one of us and has chosen us. But the big question is this. You ready for the big question? The Lord loves us and the Lord has chosen us. But here is the big question, the elephant question that's in the room. Why? Why does the Lord love me? Why has the Lord chosen me? And I'm sure I'm not the only one that had that question in mind to say, Okay, God, you love me and you chose me. But why? I believe. Because many of us have not asked that question, that why question. We're stuck. I believe many of us, because we haven't asked that why question, we are just going on, just existing and not fulfilling our God given destiny. We got to ask the question, Lord, why do you love me and why have you chosen me? Why? Why? Because nothing is random in Christ. So while you and I might just like, hey, you know, it's one of those things, yeah, no big deal. And we're just going about life because it's no big deal. We do a lot of things in life that's just random, can't even explain it, why we did it. It's just, oh, you know, I just did it. Oh, yeah. It's just random. But when you're dealing with God, nothing is random in him. So while we might read scripture and think, Wow. I guess it was just there. Mm -mm. Nothing is random in Christ. It's not just there to be there. Nothing is random in Christ. Everything about him is specific. So God, why do you love us? And God, why have you chosen us? Answer, answer. He loves us because we came from him. The Bible says no person hates himself. If you hate yourself, something is wrong with you. We got to get you checked out. But no person hates himself or herself. So the first thing I want to tell you is God loves you because you came from him. He can't hate himself. If you come from him, you are part of him and no person hates themselves. Whatever comes from you, automatically you love. Am I right? I'm just saying. Am I right? Yeah. You see him over there? You, you see how you be holding him up when you come through? I see. That's just not just holding him. You like this is my baby right here. Yeah. That's how you hold us. My baby right here. He come from you. Look at the one over there sleeping with her mommy. See how, see how mommy holding her. See how she's sleeping? She comes from her. Nobody hate anything that comes from them. Why does God love you? You come from him. Yeah. For God breathed the breath of life and man became a living soul. You came from God. You are a living soul because you came from God. So when you want to know why God loves you so, you came from him you're a part of him he can't hate himself his word says nobody hates himself so he already said gone forward and let us know nobody hates himself so if you came from me and nobody hates himself i can't hate you god can't hate you you can be in the worst case as far as rebellion and rejection against god no matter how much you rebel against god no matter how much you disobey god no matter how much you disregard his word god cannot Hate you. The devil hates you. <laughs> the devil don't like you because you have what he don't have and you are going where he can't go. So he hates you. But your Savior, the one who created you, he loves you. He cannot help himself but to love you because you came from him. And that's why it's so amazing how he treats us so good. And we're wondering, how can God be this good? Because he cannot hate himself and you came from him. Mm -hmm. So God loves you and he loves you because you came from him. He breathed the breath of life into your nostril and you became a living soul. Why does God choose me? Why did he choose me? He chose you because he chose himself. God cannot deny himself. The moment God denies himself, he denies everything because in him does all things exist. It's in him does all things exist. So when he denies himself, He denies us. So we're chosen because he cannot deny himself. He has to choose us because he chose himself, not because he's some egotistical God, but because if he doesn't do what he do as God, nothing exists. Nothing lives on. Nothing goes on. So he has to choose us. He must love us because we came from him and he has to choose us because we are in him. And he can't deny himself. (laughs) Help us, Holy Ghost. He chose us. Why? I just told you why. But I go on to say, he chose us that we would know his will. He chose us that we would receive revelation of who he is. He chose us that we would know and hear his voice. He chose us, Brother Guthrie, that we would be his witnesses. He chose us for special purpose. He didn't just choose us just to have us exist to say, I'm in God. Listen. We brag on how much Jesus loves us, and he does. We love to say, oh, God chose me, and he has. But we need to ask why. Why? And he chose us because he can't deny himself, and we are in him. And when he denies us, he denies himself. Mm Mm-hmm. But he has a plan for us just like he himself is doing what he has to do. And so he chose us in the scripture we read that we would know his will. He chose us that we would receive revelations of who he is. I've said this before, but y'all probably wouldn't hear when I said it before. One of the reasons. Why the Lord allow us to go through different scenarios and situations, As the man of God said this morning, God allows some problems to come your way. God allows some storms to come your way because he's testing you. But also what he's also doing is he is allowing you the opportunity to know him in ways you have not yet known him. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that, that sometimes your problems that you're experiencing, the situations you're going through, God wants to reveal himself to you in a way that you have never known him yet. And so if you're going through a situation where you have never experienced what you believe to be God's deliverance in your life, guess what? then you got to be entangled with a situation. You got to be in a situation where you feel like I can't get out. And so the only way you're going to get out is if God comes in and deliver you out of it. So if you've never known God as a deliverer, then guess what? You might one day find yourself in a situation where you need delivering. If you've never known God as a healer and you want to know him as a healer, then you might find yourself in a situation where you're sick and you need to be healed. And the only way you will be healed is if God heals you. He's not trying to be mean. He's just trying for trying to get you and his relationship closer. And the more you know, someone, come on, church. The more you know someone, the closer you will always be with them. The more intimate you come to know someone, the closer you will be with them, the better your relationship will be. And God knows that. And God's will is that you get closer to him. God's will is that he reveal himself to you in a way where you will come to know him in a more personal, in a more intimate way. That's why sometimes we get these situations that we got to go through. God's not being mean to us. God is not trying to give us a hard time. No, he loves us. Remember that. Remember what I started saying. He loves us. He died for us while we were being rebellious. While we were living in sin, he died for us. So we know he loves us. So why are we going through some of these things? Because all he wants to do is to bring us closer to him. And some of these situations will bring us closer to him. Remember, remember what I've said to you. Why didn't the devil, why didn't God just chain the devil up from the very beginning and tell him, you can't do anything? Why don't God just stop these uh, these demons? Why don't he just shut them down, chain them up right now, and re- render them, you know, unable to do anything? Why don't he just do that? You ever stop to think about that? God is all-powerful. At one time, at some point in time, we know he's going to chain up the devil and put him in a lake of fire. He's going to do the same thing with demons. He's going to do that. If he can do that, then when it comes, why can't he just do it now? I'm waiting. If he can destroy demons now, why don't he do it? Because they're working for him. Because they're they're part of helping this plan be fulfilled. But because we're not God and we don't understand in the ways that God do things, we can't understand how can evil help the plan of God be fulfilled. Evil. Enhances. Push forth the plan of God. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, go through your scripture and look. Uh Uh-huh. What you thought led Jesus in the wilderness to pray? Huh? Was it righteousness that led him? In? No, no. Got to be prepared. Got to be prepared. We are chosen. That word chosen means appointed that we may have eternal life that we may be saved. We are chosen by the Lord Jesus Christ, that we may know him and abide in him. We are chosen by the Lord Jesus, uh, that we may know his voice and obey his instructions. We are chosen by the Lord Jesus, that we may be his witnesses. We are chosen by God for a reason. He didn't just choose us to say, you're chosen now, just enjoy the goodness of being chosen. Mm-hmm. The Lord does not do anything randomly. No. Everything He does is purposeful. Everything He does is foreordained and prepared beforehand. You and me being chosen by God was prepared beforehand. It was foreordained. The plan of God was then instituted after God had appointed and ordained.